Ahem, as Cream Wizard just said right now in the chat, welcome everybody to another episode of Break the Rules. I'm your host, Lev Pliak of Levpo, and we have the uh, first uh, Canadian representative of the uh, Afghanistan, the uh, Emirate, Giovanni Penichetti, in the house. Inshallah, my brothers, we, shall dr we drove Inshallah. the infidels into the sea. Uh, into the air, actually, more technically. <laughs> oh, no. Well, if any place, if any place that needs it, it's, uh, it's probably going to be Canada, where Geo's from. And of course, oh no, yeah, they're already going to. Oh. Yeah, and of course, we got the great and powerful Patriot J, aka Sir Hottest on Twitter, Grifty Award-winning rap nice. artist, featured on the BBC, Breitbart, Rebel News, President of the Kunluminati. Welcome, Patriot J. Thank you so much for coming in, brother. And uh, what's up, Ellis? Thank you for having up? me. So let's let's get right down to it. Why did you decide to call yourself a uh, Patriot Jay? What defines a Patriot for you? And why did you get into rap? And uh, also congratulations on taking the bar recently. And uh, oh, nice! All the best for those endeavors as well. Thank you. So, all right, um, we'll talk about the name. I used to rap under um, the pseudonym Jay Hots. Um, actually, my at comes from uh, when I was J-Hots, I used to call myself Sir Hottest of J's. I uh, made my Twitter handle Sir Hottest. I just took off the of J's. And then um, this is probably like fall 2018. I was working on a congressional campaign. And um, in the weeks leading up to the November election, I was thinking like, I need like, I guess a different display name on Twitter because it was just like J-Hots or something. I was like, all right, let's do... Um, Let's go with Patriot J. And I came up with Patriot J because um, I was heavy into Mob Deep at the time. And um, Prodigy, one half of Mob Deep, he would sometimes call himself Bandana P. And I always liked the idea of kind of just uh, getting your name down to like an initial. So I was thinking, okay, I'll be like something J. And I was trying to come up with what could like describe me in one word. And I said, oh, I'm a Patriot. And um to answer your question, what is a patriot? To me, a patriot is just someone who truly loves the country and wants what's best for the country. Excellent. Now, one quick aside about Mob Deep. What did you think of Tupac dissing them for Sickle Cell back in the uh, Head'em Up uh, track? <laughs> Dude, so um, once I actually kind of found out who Mob Deep was, and I had to go back and listen to Head'em <laughs> Up, and it's just so disrespectful, bro, but it's funny. I, I, um, I feel like I feel like the 90s hip hop era was like, I don't want to sound like, like, I guess an older head, like it's, it's the golden era, but it was really like, it was really a nice time. I don't know. I, it's just mm -hmm. like, there was competition. Of course people died, but I mean, it was, it was competitive. It was fierce. It was brash. It was in your face. And I feel like it's, it's what today's hip hop is missing mostly. Do you think today's hip hop is also missing the people dying? Like, do you think one cannot really exist without well, the other? <laughs> they're still no. dying, dude. I feel like, I feel like they're dropping like flies, you know, every, every mm. six months, some up and coming rapper gets shot and killed or like juice world dies. Cause he's overdosing on pills or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a very evil industry. Mm. Well, pill overdosing is one thing, but as far as feeling like you are in a war zone i assume that still happens there was this uh, recent incident with uh uh let's see uh, uh spot him got him 
who the only reason I found out about Spot'em Got'em is thanks to 4chan, him oh. linking up with Pusha Icy, one of the most important things that have happened to the history of rap <laughs> in a long while. And uh, poor Spot'em Got'em ended up getting arrested for uh, carrying, a, you know, having a gun or, I don't know, something went down there, I don't know. But that seems to be the culture that we're in right now, where it does seem like with any kind of music, just like with pop music, it could be that I'm an old boomer. But like, other than your work, and I'd say other than, let's say, somebody like Kanye, when I look back, I see that we're standing on the shoulders of giants with any kind of music. But again, this yeah, could be definitely. a biased take. Uh, but what do you think? No, yeah, you, you said it. We are standing on the shoulders of giants, and it's important to kind of go back and do your history and pay homage to the people who blazed the trail so you can kind of appreciate what it is today. And what are some of your biggest inspirations? <clears throat> um, all right. Maybe, like, Tyler, the Creator, definitely, like, huge inspiration. Um, Prodigy, um, Serge Tankian from System of a Down. Ooh. Um Andrew Breitbart, that's like non-musical, but I feel like he kind of he 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 lit a fire in me. Um Kanye, Kanye's up there. And then I'd say Eminem. I'm a really big Eminem fan. And I I got into Eminem late. Like I didn't really discover Eminem until I guess like 2013. Like I knew who Eminem was and I heard the I heard like the bigger singles, but I didn't go back and listen to Marshall Mathers LP until I was in high school. Do you think that there was some kind of transformation with uh, Eminem as well as other uh, rap artists like Jay-Z, for example, shilling for uh, Hell Dog back in the day of 2016, where there are, let's say, certain tribes of... And this is a good thing that Hotep Sophia came here right now, because I think she could also she could also talk about this. Welcome, Hotep Sophia. Thank you so much for coming in. Love stream Hi, tribes Roddy. Control music industry. What's up? What's up? What's up? So we're just talking on the subject of there being a split within the hip-hop community or the music community in general when we're talking about there being certain rappers that would shill for uh, you know the uh, mainstream politicians and shill for certain organizations as they uh, may have been doing for a long time where I'm curious how much of that is manufactured from like a long time ago. I think of, for example... Uh, the wife of Will Smith, uh, or ex-wife now, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, Jada Pinkett. Go I think they're the still same... together. Really? Mm. Yeah. Oh no, of course they they're still together. Oh, they're still together. Okay, fine. Oh, whatever. Okay. okay so Jada's his handler. There we go. <laughs> well, we're gonna actually say. What can I actually uh, say? Because I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Because you know I'm on Gab, so it's it's uncensored. <laughs> so I just need to double check that I don't uh, say too see. much. No, no gamer words. <laughs> no gamer words. Okay. Nothing about uh, terroristic activity. Uh, okay. So that that's kind of. I love Joe Biden. I ask you that before. We're in the clear. I love now. Joe Biden. He's the greatest. We're in the clear. The hardest <laughs> man I've ever met. Eighty-one million votes. He's so popular. But I, but I don't know I don't know if this is the I don't know if this is exactly just don't the right say, just say erection instead yes or, uh, or, <laughs> or if you're talking about uh, you know the Backstreet Boys World Tour that's what you're gonna call it the Backstreet Boys World Tour you know the For World the, Tour that the entire yeah. world was uh, was under the Backstreet Boys World Tour and we are still part of the Backstreet Boys World Tour if you catch my drift anyway 
Uh, I don't know live if this from is China. yes, live from China. Yes. Exactly. I don't know if this is the right area to begin with, but yes. I was interested in looking at this documentary by uh, Gio. You knew who I'm talking about, the uh, British guy who uh, did that uh, long documentary talking about Mao's wife, talking about you know who I'm talking about, right, Gio? Adam Curtis. Adam Curtis, exactly. So Adam Curtis's documentary talks about <laughs> Fanny Shakur, who was a uh, Tupac's mother, being involved in the uh, Black Panthers, and then there were like some informants <laughs> there. So maybe that. That's a good place to start. I don't know. You oh, tell man. me as far as like what That's exactly has been going on. I mean, I, I think that um, what we're finding out now, because I've been in the industry a long time. So like I used to do a radio show out of Orlando and I just spoke to my show host like the other day and he was like, oh my gosh, did you know Freaky Ziggy was an informant? We had done like a long interview with him like 30 or 45 minutes or something like that. I don't know, like 10 years ago almost now. And he was really shocked that this man was talking to the feds. He was shocked. And I was like, I'm not shocked by any of this stuff anymore because you can't, you know, you can't unsee it once you've seen it, how things go in the industry and the symbolism. And it's just become more apparent as time has gone on. But I mean... Uh, this stuff has been going on in the black community for a long time. I mean, I always talk about Frederick Douglass because it's something with his story that, that doesn't add up, uh, you know, right alongside with Harriet Tubman and the rest of them. I no mean, they've been don't, don't tell me Frederick's story is fake. Okay, listen. Oh, you've never heard this. Okay, so oh, listen no. to this. Let me tell you all, oh, Frederick. No. Real, oh, no, what did you do? Come on, come what on. You do, Talk to me. Okay, so Frederick Douglass, like, if you listen to, first of all, he was born in um, Tyaskin, which I'm from Maryland. So that's, my dad is from Salisbury. So I'm familiar with that area. And the woman he apparently married was like from, um, not Dorchester, but somewhere not too far. And I was like, okay, so how did he even get to her? Because the Southern Maryland is far apart. It's not like, you know, you're from, you know, separate cities or whatever. Right. Then, okay, he goes to live with these people in Baltimore. Racist Baltimore, the racist place on earth. Somehow the white boys taught him how to read. Does that even make sense? Why would they do that? <laughs> then well, that the kind wife of is suspicious. begging for okay. the father, the husband not to get rid of the slave. That sounds like he was probably sleeping with her or something. Why would he be, why would she be begging not to give him away? Like this makes no sense. So then he goes mm. on the run. How does he get to England? Nobody can tell me this. Who paid for him? Like I didn't even know he went know? to England, really. Yeah, he went to England. He he was able to pay off of pay off his debt, like to his master, from the people in England giving him money so that he could pay off his debt because he went around speaking to the different churches or whatever. So then he comes back to America. He's paid off his debt. He's got this ugly ass wife. He doesn't love her. You know, she dies mysteriously. Then he marries basically a white woman. I mean, this is ah! what else? What do you want me to tell you? Like, I'm not even, I just can't. He was in the churches. He was a pastor. He was, you know, who knows what he was doing with all the constituents there. You got all the stories, the MLK story, whatever. It's like they just use the same stories over and over. So once I started looking at, because I asked my dad, my dad is from Salisbury. That's, I was like, Dad, does this? How does this sound? He was like, well, you know, you know, people just do what they got to do. And I'm like, Dad, that's, uh, that doesn't sound I right I shudder to, to ask like, Hotep Sophia about um, Du Bois 
Dubois, sorry. Oh my, please, Dubois. Didn't he like well, Stalin or something? Well, but, but before he was a socialist. But before and before that, I just I, I, I just want to get a Patriot Jay's uh, response yeah. to uh, what Hotep Sophia just said right now. So Patriot Jay, what do you think? I I mean that sounds crazy, but I it doesn't really add up what she just told me, and I feel like I need to go do the research for myself because like. A lot, I feel like a lot of our stories that we've been passed down from generation to generation are manufactured. Like, I didn't realize, I guess, like a big portion of like the civil rights movement was like, it was backed by white people. It was um, kind of staged like the Rosa Park incident. There was a girl before her. And I feel like- Four, they, actually four. See, like these, these hidden truths definitely need to come to light. Well, I wanted to ask um, Patriot J, um, specifically about the development of hip hop. Now, I'm not a huge listener, although I do appreciate a lot of the old school stuff. I'm a big, uh, big L fan. Um, when it comes to the development of hip hop, there are certain people who, let's say, for lack of a better word, are more woke on this uh, topic. There's people like KRS One. Um, you mentioned um, Prodigy. Uh, who else am I thinking of? Oh, yes. Now I know. Um, there was this interview with Immortal Techniques. I believe it was with Alex mm-hmm. Jones, where he was re- reiterating what certain rappers like Chuck D was saying back in the 80s and 90s, that the hip hop industry, and it really is an industry, that ra- rap and hip hop, they were sort of controlled by nefarious forces and they were pushing a certain image of blackness in America that was sort of sur- subservient to the narrative. Now, as someone who is in the industry, what, what do you think of people like KRS-One and Immortal Techniques who are willing to entertain more of this thinking? Like, for example, when I, um, the, a lot of the stuff that I like in that genre is like, you know, I, maybe it's embarrassing to admit, but like, you know, Ill Bill, Necro, stuff like, a lot of horrorcore stuff, but they talk about conspiracy and things of yeah. this nature. So from your perspective, do you think that hip hop is being controlled by certain nefarious forces that hand them this is what immortal techniques said they literally hand you a pamphlet of the stuff that you have to talk about i definitely uh would believe that given like the trajectory of rap over the past 40 some odd years it was it started off as a positive thing it was a creative expression for um angsty minority youth people were able to make a living you know, uh, and then um, once I guess the record labels kind of got more control over the industry, like you were saying, I feel like around the 90s, there was kind of that switch to push the gangster image. And that's what we saw with the beefs and the shootings and the killings. And even now, um, I feel like it's even more destructive and it's not it's not necessarily gang violence. So focus on like external destruction but i feel like it's more internal like i think a lot of the music music programming today it's like sad and depressed they want you kind of drugged up sedated not thinking for yourself and i feel like um i feel like the control is kind of evidenced by the fact that a lot of subject matter in contemporary rap music is the same You've got people, there are like so many songs dedicated to Molly. There are so many songs <laughs> dedicated to like Percocet, Lean, Xanax, yeah. pushing these mm. pills. Lil, Lil Xan, right? That's uh... yeah, see, exactly. That just furthers the, uh, it, it boosts Big Pharma. You know, it serves that agenda. There's so mm. many songs mm. about 
like drill rap is like that Chicago era stuff from like early 2010s is just so violent. And it's all about like shooting your neighbor, shooting somebody who looks like you because they live on a different street than you. And when you kind of force feed these narratives into music, it's only going to perpetuate the same type of conditions because people need people like listening to music and if it's popular they're gonna say hey i can get on by rapping about killing my friend let me just do that mm -hmm. and not kind of think about it well how no. much how much is it supply and well, demand basically like how much is it mm, maybe to play devil's question. advocate that uh, people are getting into you know a lot of these uh, illicit drugs you know they like to have sex they like to do all this stuff so of course there's going to be more of a demand for this kind of music versus it intentionally being uh created manufactured yeah yeah that's a good point but i feel like honestly the demand is almost in a sense manufactured because the i guess the higher ups are kind of pushing this narrative so hard it's almost like the people who are consuming it haven't really thought to kind of expand and think like well what else could i listen to or is this the most positive thing that i should be programming myself with so it what? does it's kind of like i don't know like people do engage in these behaviors and of course people are going to talk about it but i feel like a certain portion of it is at the hands of the higher ups by like force feeding mainstream artists to kind mm -hmm. of promote these things yeah i was just going to add on that is there because the 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 urban experience has always been for sale. Like that's pretty much, yeah. you know, a hot commodity. And so, you know, if I talk to my old man, like he's going to tell me, oh, I can identify with these people, so on and so forth. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, the streets, this, the streets, that. And people who come from the streets, they can identify with that kind of music. So if it wasn't grounded in some sort of reality for somebody, then if you know it wouldn't have any appeal but on top of that you do have a lot of people who know nothing of the streets and who listen to the music don't know anything that's being said don't know what's being talked about and they go on to believe that these are the type of behaviors that are acceptable to engage in and, and when you have you know young people you know saying wow you know like that's a huge problem like these girls don't i mean Y'all were talking about males, but on the female side, it's even worse. I mean, you, mm, you we, mm. there's a long fall from yeah. like the Queen Latifah, you know, yeah. early 90s type of, you know, females mm. just getting involved in living, in living single. Do you remember living yeah, single? Yeah, living single, of course. I was like <laughs> mandatory yeah. washing in, in the black community. But I mean, it wasn't anything <laughs> else to wash it. I mean, because like you're only going to see if you watch, you know, what was the. Friday night um, TGIF. lineup. Oh, no. yeah, TGIF. Yes, exactly. Wait, and you saw or UPN. UPN was a big network for... Oh, UPN. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always say UPN stands for unpaid niggas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, out of the park. But you... And, and another thing is the music ties right into the, the, the TV industry because this is no joke. I don't watch TV. So I was, I was in a hotel when I went back up the road and I was like, okay, let's see what's on. And Tyler Perry has a show coming out. That's exactly like girlfriends. Girlfriends is from the 1990s, oh, early yeah. 2000s, mm -hmm. obviously. And then he has a show called sisters. I was like, this is this, I cannot believe mm -hmm. this. So <laughs> I have not realized that even in the black community, even our shows are being washed and rewashed. I was shocked. I said, this is, this is nuts. Like, who would watch this, you know, type of stuff? Like, now there's I, just, a, I was 
there, there's a strange thing going on with Tyler Perry, and I wanted to redirect it to Tupac as well, where Tyler Perry came from a theater arts background, and oh, Medea, and Medea <laughs> is actually from Greek mythology. So Medea is the oh. daughter of King Attis of uh, Colchis, a niece of Circle, and the granddaughter of the sun god Helios. Medea figures in the myth of Jason the Argonauts appearing in Hesowitz Theogony around 700 BC. Uh, blah blah blah. So anyway, she aids Jason in his search for the golden fleece out of love assisting him with her magic and saving his life in several quests playing the role of an archetypical helper maiden before abandoning her not native colchis marrying him and free fleeing with him westwards where they eventually settle in corinth anyway the reason why i say that is i saw an old interview of a 17 year old or like a teenage tupac shakur who was doing ballet and he was going to this uh, theater school. Hug oh, life, am I right? Yeah, well, he, he was uh, he was going to this school <laughs> around around, around, uh, Baltimore, around Baltimore, Maryland, and this is the same school that um, uh, Will Smith's uh, wife went to as well. So they were in the same class. So I'm curious when it comes to this theatrical background. You know, people who are into theater are usually people within more elite circles. Was there anything that you could say was planned ahead of time to put certain people into certain positions to influence things a certain way? Well, of course. I mean, if you look at all, a lot of these people have come through D.C. And there's that's no surprise because the type of corruption that comes from D.C., it, it draws a lot of people in. And D.C. does have a lot of money invested in the arts. And there's a lot of opportunity in those arenas because of all the abuse that can can occur when you have kids, you know, at school for eight, nine, ten hours a day and in all these programs. And then they have to, tra you know, travel and whatnot. So there's a lot of abuse that can can occur. So these things are not surprising. You have um, like Martin Lawrence, like, I mean, because where I'm from, a lot of these people came through for Washington and, and whatever. So I was like, okay, like, you know, that's, I really grew up knowing that the industry was entirely not what they said it was out to be, because it, it, there was just no way that you have these people coming through for Washington. And Again, I always say PG County is the richest black county in the country. The average income in my hometown is $198,000. It was five years ago. So it's probably mm. over $200,000 now. Um, and the majority of black people work for the government. So these people yeah. make money. They make a lot of money. And they spend their money on their kids getting into sports and athletics and, and arts and all this trash like this is what this is this is commonplace so um you know when you when you see stuff like this over and over again you got you know it, it's just you can't deny that it was all planned and back to the Tyler Perry thing specifically I think he was actually co-opted because of if if his story that I've heard from a bunch of different sources is correct. He really started with nothing, you know, because I was watching the, the bootleg DVDs on bus trips back and forth with the choir. So I saw the early DVDs, like the shows when they were traveling, they were having sold out shows because it was actually funny. It was something that was humorous and, and, and our community could relate to. So I think he was sort of co-opted on his way up, but I, I don't think that he necessarily started out playing as a lot of people do start out playing mm, very um, interesting now when it comes to uh patriot j your journey into the rap world do you notice like i uh, said in the very beginning that there is some kind of a uh, rift between let's say more of the i guess uh america first uh rappers 
versus uh, those who, I don't know, I'm not sure if the impression is that anybody who is like waving the American flag pro-America to a different group of people within the rap community would be seen as somehow, you know, Uncle Tom or something like that. Like, I don't know, you tell me, because this is what I keep hearing on CNN when they were talking about Kanye back in the day. They were calling him all kinds of names. So what do you personally see going on right now? Um, personally, I don't know when I, when I like do music, really, I just do it with myself and like a couple close friends who kind of align with me. I tend to stay away from like the nonsense of the other side. Cause it's just, it's really nonsense. And, um, a lot of these people don't think like I've gotten hate from like other rappers and it's cool if you want to like say my bars are weak or whatever, like I'll take that. But if you like, people just don't like the music because of the message. And it's like, okay, well you can't even have a, an intelligent conversation with me about the message in the music. Cause you don't know what you're talking about. These people are just uneducated and that's the biggest problem. Well, is it a mafia? Think- yeah. Go on. Oh, sorry. No, no, go, go for it. Go for it. No, I was going to ask, like, do you think the actual um, artistry of mainstream hip hop has changed? I mean, like when you look at the old school, like you look at Cool G Rap or like, like I said, Big L, like, yeah, the stuff was like, oh, terribly brutal, right? Beyond belief. But the lyricism was next level. You can't compare. Um, do you think that the actual craft of hip hop and, and rap, like the actual artistry of it has become something different? Like, is there still like a lot of innovation or do you think that's sort of stagnated, especially when it comes to lyricism? I'd say that um, it is definitely different from the heyday, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think hip hop as an art form is always evolving. Um, Mm. So like, I guess trap is the most popular sound today, but even within that, there are like so many different styles of trap. People are always innovating. They're coming up with different flows. It might not be uh, super duper lyrical, miracle, spiritual type stuff, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, it's there and it serves a purpose. It's, it's really just all about expressing yourself. And I think that, um, I think that it's a good thing that it's kind of changed because if we were listening to boom bap rap for, I don't know, 30 years, I would be like, dang, like, is this all the genre has to offer? Wait, what's boom bap, what's boom bap rap? Boom bap is like the the eighties, nineties type stuff, you know, just simple, simple (laughs) cake pattern, like, one sample in the background super super lyrical stuff but um i don't know i like the new stuff i feel like for me it it took me a while to come around to like the next generation Mm. but what was the i guess the switch for me i had to just kind of stop judging the music and just start listening to it you know start listening to it for what it is like i'm not gonna turn on i'm not gonna listen to a I guess Kodak Black for the most in-depth lyrical analysis about like geopolitics. And there are always, there are still people who do that. So it's all about kind of picking and choosing. What do, what do you think of uh, Drake? I love oh, Drake. I'm a, I'm a, oh I'm man, a, here we go. <laughs> Did you <laughs> I knew it. I knew no, I was so going to um, make something happen here. All right. I used to, I used to watch Degrassi when I was a young kid. Oh, and, there you and, go. Um, okay, and then, so I found out about Drake in like 2009 from a podcast he did. He like plugged his MySpace. I checked it out and he had a song with Lil Wayne and I was like, what? This is cool. So I've been rocking with Drake for a minute. Like, 
Um, I just think, I think he's a really good pop artist. I don't know if I would say like he's pure hip hop. He like, he makes some really good music though. Hotep Sophia, what is your opinion on Drake? I'm and- trying. Okay, so <laughs> I was I was out of college when Drake came out. So the heyday, in, in my opinion, the heyday of like hip hop was like the 2000s through 2009. Because when Drake okay. came out, that was the death of hip hop. Like oh. you cannot, like literally it was, oh, I mean, I'm, it, it was over because you just had, I mean, if you compare like, Anybody, like even T, like old T.I. to like Drake, you had like people talking about, I mean, they were talking about drugs and guns and all that stuff. Okay, content was a problem, but they weren't crying over women. I think that when you move into the era of crying over women, there's this, everything post Drake is like, you're crying over strippers, like strippers. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like I was out. Like I was out in the nightlife doing all kinds of stuff. I couldn't imagine crying over a stripper. These girls can't put two and two together, some of them. And and these are who you're crying over. Meanwhile, you have people like, not necessarily me, but like other smart people I know, not like AKAs or whatever. And they're like, oh, these men are so terrible. I'm like, yeah, because they're crying over strippers. Like you, you're not even on the agenda. You know what I mean? You, you can't get a place. So I just feel like, you know, the masculinity in rap, what really like I like about rap is the masculinity that comes through or the femininity that comes through with women like an old school Eve or whatever. Like you have mm-hmm. the masculinity and the femininity. And then in, in, in 09, it was like, that was all out the door. It was, there was no more, you know, and I just, mm-hmm. I haven't recovered. I go to this class every <laughs> three times a week. It's called Trap Step. And I have no idea what music these people are playing. I'm like, I don't, uh, what is this? The, mm. the stepping is hard enough because it's like on the step board. So people like it, but I'm like, I don't, can we play some mm. Beach Boys? Like, or some uh. Go-Go or like, cause all I listen to is 60s music and like mm. Go-Go and that's it. Cause it's the music today. I just, in my head, I'm like, I can't even understand. So, so, so little, 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 is little, little Nas X would be uh, where for <laughs> oh, you, no, you, Sophia. <laughs> Like, so I, he I is an like... informant, okay? Like, oh, Lil Nas X. No, I thought you were talking about the other one with the rainbow color hair. No, the problem with Lil Nas X is like way more than I think that for him specifically, they they used him because he was in the military, and I think that has something to do with it. Like they like turned him into like this superstar with this nice family friendly song and then all of a sudden they turned the script because my friend showed me the video or something he came out with like last week or something like that and I was like is he in jail? Yeah, blowing what activity. is going on? Like, I, I mean like I tell you I don't listen to this stuff I don't watch nothing in media I have no idea what normal people talk about but to see that and to know that's on TV screen where I have a 13 year old you know she could like turn this on and this could be what she's watching i know she's not she likes k-pop so mm. praise be to god on that but i just i'm like oh, this no. stuff is insane Frank not that into k-pop the fire is much right better there. but mm. like i mean it's a uh, i well, know it's a mess okay pay, pay, well, pay, 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 are you little nos pilled uh, what is your position <laughs> um, i don't even want to talk about little nos x because i want you guys to keep your youtube channel <laughs> okay <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. Well, okay, to uh, to cleanse oh, the palate over here, I just wanted to show a couple of screenshots from Now That We Found Love by Heavy D and the Boys. Oh, Heavy oh, D. Nice. You nice. It out so what I, what I love about so that this... That is classic 90s. Like, look at all this... 
I mean, the colors are very bright, but there's something appealing just about the style here. You know, it's like all shiny and, you know, strange looking. And especially there's this one dude here who's wearing a transparent jacket. This guy right over here. He's my favorite. L look at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was that awesome, like a little Nas X music video right there. Facts. There you go. Facts. <laughs> I think what, what was really good about that era of hip hop was that everybody sounded different. Nowadays, people just sound like a carbon copy of whatever's going to get them put on. And I think that's the most depressing part about it all. I wanted to run this by you, Patriot J and Hotep Sophia. Now I have this friend who is also a YouTuber. His name is Pill Eater. And he came up with this <laughs> controversial video where he claimed that in the world of hip hop, basically the newer generation of more like Zoomer, like SoundCloud rappers, they basically had to take, they had to find a way to market hip hop to like middle-class depressed white kids. So they took like emo like not the real emo from the Midwest. They took like the fucking uh, My Chemical Romance pop shit. Punk, like early 2000s. Yeah, they took that and they took like SoundCloud hip hop and they took a little bit of the um, more instrumental and more um, electronica orientated sounds of people like Jay Dilla, uh, New Jabez, you know. And they made like, uh, who's that one really big one, Lev? The one... Uh, Oh God. Like, you know, like Lil Peep. Uh, yeah. They had to make like emo rap to appeal to like suburban white kids. Do you think that that's what's going on? Oh, Young Lean. Sorry, I'm thinking of Young Lean. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> like that aesthetic, you know, that's very like yeah. 90s, like vaporwave nostalgia. Like, do you think like, like, what do you think of that sort of trend of like emo rap and SoundCloud rap and stuff like that? Do you think it's just like hipster white kids or what? Um, nah, I feel like it's um, it was cool to see. Like, it was a nice evolution because I feel like I I low key grew up on like My Chemical Romance and Green Day, like two thousand four, two thousand five, kind of like before I got into rap music. That's what I was into. Cause I think it was like popular and I was young and I really enjoyed it. So I feel like it's almost a natural progression as like my generation grows up to kind of go back to the sounds of our childhood. And how old are you? Figure out, uh, I'm 24. So in Oh like, shit. Wow. Yeah. Well, so listening, than me, man. listening to green day, I was probably like eight or nine. So I feel like it's, <laughs> um, it's like the natural evolution <laughs> because hip hop at its core is kind of always about sampling things and kind of putting a new spin on it. So I feel like, I feel like that's, that's pretty like emo rap is like pretty hip hop because, you know, they sampled it and they kind of flipped it and made it to its own sound and it kind of took off. I feel like um, I feel like some of the stuff kind of got like watered down, like there were too many clones because people saw that they could get on doing that type of stuff. But um, I, I think it's I think it was a good thing. The one thing I don't like about emo rap music is how just emo it is. You know, I feel like yeah. if, if you listen to depressing music 24 seven, you're going to be depressed. It's just it's bound to happen. Well, what's Juice uh, Juice World is another one. Is he good? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Juice World's definitely like emo rap, but he um, I feel like he did a good job at kind of diversifying his sound. So he would have his like emo songs and then he was a really good rapper. He would have his songs where he could just bar out. And that's, mm. uh, that's why I liked him. Cause I feel like he could do it both. Nice. Yeah. The time, when emo rap, uh, the time when emo rap sort of 
got popular is the time that I was working with artists. And so it was very interesting trying to get the artists to understand that they needed to diversify their sounds, especially mm. like I work with art. Well, I work with like a lot of Southern artists. So like the whole Southern thing was still really huge. They couldn't understand the whole concept of diversifying their sound and trying to, you know, be able to appear to appeal to a wider base. And I think that it was, it's always easier for people to do it who lived it. But if like, for example, in DC, we listen to Go-Go. So like, if you grew up listening to Go-Go mostly, um, that you just couldn't wrap your mind around that type of thing. And that's one of the problems with Go-Go is that it's been able, uh, this unable to evolve, uh, you know, to appeal, to cover enough songs that more people can understand. Because once people hear it, they like it, but they're just like, I can't identify with this because it's not really covering the type of music that, that I grew up with or, or I'm familiar mm -hmm. with. So that's sort of like an ongoing problem, I think. Um, just in general with artists is being able to, you know, listen to other music. I think once you get into the industry really heavily, you kind of get stuck because they tell you who to listen to. Or if you're listening to the radio, you're listening to all the same, you know, stuff that everyone else is listening to. So, of course, you're going to sound like that because you're not going outside the box and listen to like I saw somebody mention classical music. You know what I mean? There's not people aren't listening to that. So that's why mm -hmm. like I listen to all 60s music. So like I, and 60s is probably one of the most diverse eras of music there is anyway. And so all the time mm -hmm. there's just different stuff to be, mm -hmm. you know, to to interpret, to understand, for me to go back and ask questions and do research and try to figure out what was actually going. Oh, who said UCB? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody wait, in the chat you, wait, go go TCB and UCB. Yes, TOB is like my favorite, but uh, TCB and UCB are definitely uh, uh, top top notch bands. Well, but um, Green Wizard also mentioned uh, Oliver Tree for 199 super chat. I'm not too familiar with Oliver Tree. Oliver uh, Tree is Oliver Tree is pretty fire. I'll have to ch I'll have to check that out. As far as uh, a question that also uh, Philip Daniel, the great Philip Daniel, great classical musician, uh, uh, asked uh, you, uh, Patriot J, what non-rap uh, hip-hop music did you uh, get inspired by early on? Like, what, what were some of the things that you like? You mentioned Serge Tankian, so that's... Yeah, um, so I guess, like, yeah, I grew up on, like, probably around, like, 7 to 10, um, My Chemical Romance, Green Day, and System of a Down. That was probably, like, my top three. Um, and I feel like, looking back, like, System of a Down definitely radicalized me because I feel like their, oh, yeah. their, their music is, like, so political. But I just, I wasn't into it at the time. Like, I just liked the way it sounded. But going back, I'm like, dang, they were kind of dropping gems. I don't know if that was, like, in my subconscious now that I'm older. But um, so those three... Um, Outside of um, outside of that, like I love '80s pop music, like like Hall and Notes type stuff. That's 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 what really uh, gets me going. I like Pat Benatar. Um, oh man, uh, Hell is for um, Children. That's uh, it's quite a jam right there. Yep. Um, what else is there? Uh, I list when I study. I, I listen to like classical music. I couldn't name like uh, any classical musicians, but I always throw on like a classical study playlist. Um, listen to a lot of like lo-fi beats to study to because oh, yeah. I, when I was studying for the bar, I was studying like eight hours a day. I would have like 
the same rotation of like lo-fi mixes like there was a kingdom hearts mix there was like a Yu-Gi-Oh mix a dragon ball z mix nice. um, wait do you like uh, do you like utada hikaru yeah, she's cool. I just like her two songs from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I haven't listened to her outside of that. But I'll, I'll send you some of her other stuff. Like she uh, became incredibly popular in Japan. In fact, her album First Love is still considered to be the number one selling album of all J Japanese history. Damn. Okay, I, I definitely oh. gotta check that out because she has a nice voice. Mm. Her, mo was, her mom um... was also a musician, but her mom ended up uh, uh, fa uh, falling off of uh, the window because she had a lot of mental uh, problems. So. You know, just one of these mm. things. But it's like there are some people out there who, you know, like all the rock stars back in the day, like think of how many rock stars perish, you know, at a very young age, like 27. That's supposed to be like the uh, yeah. the cursed age. Well, yeah, Hotep Sophia, yeah. you're making you're making some eyes as if it's not just I that. mean, I love you know, like, it, it, I mean, not to get into that, but that's another thing I think that, you know, artists who, who know what the industry is like, they think about because, you know, if you start out really young, like 18, then you, you're, you know, you just have to look at that. Like there's an artist out there that like, um, Flo Millie, I listened to her album. I never heard of her. I just was like, okay. You, you a city girl, Sophia? Uh, I am not. <laughs> no, I, I wish I, I could be part of those uh, things, but I'm way too old. Um, but yeah, I listened to Flo Millie's album and I was like, wow, this is not about what everyone else is talking about. So I, I, you know, I worry for her because, you know, it, it, there's not, artists aren't allowed to come out and be different. That's another thing. Yeah. Like as soon as Didn't you- Didn't even Prodigy get canceled or whatever for saying something? Oh stuff? yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what happened with that? Uh, I, I can't remember what Prodigy's exact problem specific, was, but yeah. I'm sure it was going against what uh, he was told to do because a lot of people they get the because uh, I was like on the A&R side so like a lot of times you will get word from your A&R what it is that you have to do like where you have to go what you know things you need to be saying what you need to be promoting whatever the case may be like that's sort of like the A&R is like the go between between the label and the artist and so when A&R comes and tells you you have to do this you kind of have to do it. If you just say, oh, no, I'm not going to do it, then you have a huge problem on your hand because, I mean, they're the ones who controls whether your album comes out now or if you get the little Wayne treatment and your album comes out in mm. 10 years, you know, like extending your contract out forever. You know, I mean, that was for a variety of reasons, but this is what happens. Like, you have to do, you know, whoever comes and tells you whatever you have to do whatever they say. And also my sister is in the chat. That's LaVon. So shout out to her. Actually, this is probably her first time watching live. So shout hey. out to her. Let's nice. go. But what was, uh, what was the uh, specific sod album that did it for you? I remember, I remember I'm old enough to remember when toxicity came out and then um, was it hypnotized that came first before um, it was it was wasn't it toxicity and then steal this album and then mesmerize and then yeah 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 because that because when they came out with that signal with that sorry with that single um byob that was like you even had like quote-unquote normies that didn't know anything about the metal world like Ooh. listening to it i'm like oh damn but no that was a cultural moment i think like what's weird about system of the down is that to me it's their politics are 
just radical enough to have mainstream acceptance, but it's outside yeah. of the normal, like dialectic of American politics. Right. So like a lot of diverse people can get involved, like, can like, you know, really stand their message. Um, like they don't, I mean, whatever is happening between them now, of course, I think maybe Serge wants to move on, unfortunately. Uh, but it seems like, like, it's almost like in metal, you could say that, for example, bands like Sepultura, because they had an experience that was outside of the American political system, that their message was sufficiently radical, but also external to like Democrat Republican BS, right? So I, I wonder, like, in, as hip hop becomes, it's now global, and now it is sort of like the pop music of choice. Yeah. Um, it's really weird to see how different cultures have essentially adopted like American music, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really weird how the globalization of arts and culture has manifested itself. Cause like there's people that listen to hip hop like worldwide, but, but do you, and some people oh, say the French hip hop is yeah. hard. If the French hip hop is really, really tough. Like, I don't know I'm, what they're saying, but it's really tough. Like, it's good. I, I've heard like Italian drill music that goes hard. Oh, <laughs> Maybe because, well, because it's like really the music of, uh, what was that one academic he wrote? Um, More Brilliant Than the Sun, this book about electronic and hip hop. Mm. You said because it's like the music of subaltern people that it could have like global appeal, but still like, even though it may sound the same, it's like every culture has a different take on it. Mm. I wonder though, it's, mm. yeah. Well, this you know? is, uh, this reminds me of something that this, uh, theosophist uh, named Rudolf Steiner brought up. And uh, I know, uh, Hotep Sophia, you're very interested <laughs> when it comes to uh, theosophy. Love Steiner. Well, Love Steiner, Steiner was not a big fan of jazz, apparently, because he said... Oh, like Adorno. Well, he said that jazz is basically very similar in terms of the, uh, the improvisation and the beats and all that to ceremonial music that would have been played in uh, various parts of Africa for religious purposes. And according to Steiner, when you take the religion away from the music, it uh, mm, almost like leaves, leaves a gap open for other influences to start creeping into the public. Now, yeah. it's a very fuddy-duddy way, though, of saying, like, oh, I don't like jazz, but at the same time, if I think about music, vibration in general, like you can do the, mm, you know, you can do the ohm sound and that's supposed to lift up the kundalini, you know, like there's all kinds of things you can do with vibration to get to a higher state of, uh, of existence. So what role do you personally see music playing in your life when it comes to if you have ever gotten interested in anything related to any of this hippy dippy stuff? If not, then uh, uh, feel free to uh, ignore this, but uh, I am curious. I mean, I think that it goes hand. I think that's exact. I think, of course, I think Steiner's right. I mean, that's why, like, some of the, um, like, in the early 90s, you had R&B album. The last track was a gospel track. Almost mm, everybody's yeah. album. You listen to Drew Hill or Mariah Carey or whatever, they have a gospel track at the end so that you knew from where the person was mm. coming when they actually produced their music. And when you sort of got out of that, just, you know, having God as the center of your life and people just even throwing it into music randomly, like, 
urban legend by ti like there's a lot of references to god in there not like in a bad way but like just like i'm gonna treat fighting because god and this and that whatever so i think that that's true and i think that's a huge problem in the industry i mean it's like the soul uh the souls of black folk was just basically, you know, the soul part was taken out so that it didn't matter where the soul actually was or, or where the soul was going or what mm. part the soul played is now it's just, you know, how much money can we make off of this track or, you know, and except for people like Patriot J, of course, I'm always like playing <laughs> the album frequently. I love it. And uh, I wish we could get a clean version. That's a personal request because my yeah. daughter likes okay. the, my, a five-year-old, she's like, I want to listen to that. I'm like, no, you can't listen to it because I don't want okay. you to think over the I'll talk to my engineer about that. <laughs> and do you, do you have some gospel tracks, Patriot J? Um, no, I don't. I wouldn't classify any song that I've made yet as gospel. One time, there's this gospel song called Reckless Love. I wanted to cover that, um, but I never, uh, I never put it out. Um, well, just to be clear, by the way, what theosophy means, the official definition of theosophy is any number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations, especially in the movement founded in 1875 as the Theosophical Society by Helena Blavatsky and Henry Steele Alcott. So this is Well, had... keep in mind, some people believe that this is what yeah. the globalists believe in, too. So that's like the European mystery schools. Sure. The, uh, you know, but, but Bohemian, it's like, but it's Bohemian like more, Grove. But it's like know? more of a question of do people <laughs> ignore the tools at hand to change and rely upon external sources as opposed to internal ones to grow or not? You know, that's the big question for me. Like where well, exactly love, love, they do DMT and they contact entities on the Bohemian Grove lab. That's a <laughs> Well, speaking of DMT, Patriot J, have you ever done any psychedelics? Of oh, no, no, ask him that. <laughs> No, I don't know. I thought this was a safe question. I don't know. You, you tell me. I don't, I don't know if I'm at liberty to answer that question. Okay, no. that's fine. Yeah, I don't want to pressure ops, you. OPSEC reasons. Left. Yes. Although I'm honestly, I don't know. honestly, I'm surprised today. I really thought that today we're living at an age where a lot of this stuff has become a lot more accepted. But no, it's it's so uh, accepted you know, that it's cringe. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, marijuana psychoactive sure Smoke a little weed there. there you go yeah there we are honestly honestly though i'm not a big fan of psychedelics in general just because i believe it's like taking a shortcut to spiritual enlightenment you know it's like relying on the crutch in order to get to uh certain high levels yeah. and uh i think yeah i think people who kind of take it for that reason too um they're they never really want to do the hard work. They don't want to actually yeah. reflect. They, they just like kind of use that as a as an excuse. They're like, oh, I'm going to take these psychedelics because it'll help me think about myself. I'll confront my demons. And they're just sitting there high off their ass staring at a tree for five hours. Like, Are these people who also like don't have inner monologue? Because I feel like maybe- A lot of them don't. Are, That's yeah, they, they're more People seriously not have an inner monologue? No, they're- there do there are people who don't have a yeah. monologue. It's, no, it's a real even, thing. You ever try to take an apple like in your like in your mind's eye and rotate it? You ever do that? It's like nope, this. I'm doing that right now. It's like this test. There are people that literally can't envision an apple and spin it around. It's like horizon, and they don't. Yeah, they don't have an inner monologue. It's really 
Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Gio, when you were mentioning the apple just now, I was thinking of a worm coming out of the apple, and then I recalled the dream that I had last night, which I want to tell a Patriot J off screen, but I decided <laughs> oh, no. to save it for now. You've read this dream, right, Gio? No? Which one is it? Okay, here it is. So, dream last night. I was at a Chinese restaurant which specializes in medicinal poisons. So they would give you all kinds of different poisons. Uh, like homeopathy. Yes, and there was a table of people that were eating this fluffy-looking bread, and it was infused with this green goo, kind of like slime. <laughs> I know, Hotep Sophia, if, you're, if your daughter's like uh, the slime, like I know slime's become popular. Yeah, slime is a huge thing, and it's is so Is that still a thing? Yes, it gets stuck to everything. They're so right. no oh, slime in my no. house. Yeah. Absolutely not. How about you, Patriot J? Are you a fan of slime? Like there was, <laughs> I, there was... I wanted like my own gallon of Nickelodeon slime for the longest time when I was growing up. Oh, like yeah. Goose. Do you remember Goose? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the best. See, Zoomers are just LARPing millennials. That's... Yes. Well, anyway, yeah. to, get, to get to the end of the dream. So there was this table of people. And in fact, now that a Andrew Meyer is here with the intense winds Let's going go? on. With the, uh, there we go. Andrew Meyer, welcome, my friend. What's up, bro? Patriot J, do you have something to say? I saw you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, Andrew, there is a bit of a wind going on in the background, so I'm going to mute temporarily right now while I talk about the dream. And it's good that you're here because maybe you have a Kabbalistic interpretation of it. So anyway, I had a dream that I was at a Chinese restaurant which specialized in medicinal poisons. There was a table of people eating bread infused with a green goo. And out of this bread came all these giant maggots. Like the maggots were about like like the size like the size of my uh, fingers over here. And um, pulse of the maggots. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I was waiting in line to uh, to get to this particular table. And there was a short, disfigured man, kind of like he looked <laughs> like he was a burn victim, and he also oh, looked yeah. a bit like uh, Bagel Boss. Do you guys remember Bagel Boss? He was the oh. uh, he, he was that very short looking guy, uh, you know, the uh, the manlet guy who was in this uh, Long Island diner who got really, really upset because uh, women were. Smirking. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. The big boy. Yeah. yeah. So here here he is for those who don't know what I'm talking about. So imagine this guy. Imagine this guy <laughs> waiting in line with me. And he was dream. your spirit guide. And I mean, it didn't look exactly <laughs> like him. It looked like him. But he had like a flatter face and he looked like he was burned and uh, he looked like all mangled up. He was like the midget from the Holy Mountain. You had to give <laughs> kind, up. Kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> so, so then I, the only thing that I did is I said hi to him and he got so angry. Like he just started charging at me. He wanted to punch me. And so I put my hands like this just because I did not want to hurt him. You know, like I, I said, like, I don't want to fight with you. Why are you fighting with me? All I did was say hi to you. And that was kind of around the time that the dream ended. So I don't know, Patriot J, Sophia, Gio, and Andrew. Oh my God. What, what, what oh. do you guys, what do you guys make of this? Oh. All right. First of all, uh, if you have to know that the power to interpret dreams is going to change the manifestation. So if yeah. you let people interpret your dreams, it changes the manifestation of it. So uh, let, let me go first and I'll give you something positive. All right. All right. Your dream means that you're going to be extremely wealthy. You're going to be abundant. Everyone on this, on this stream is going to be wealthy and abundant, have lots of healing in their lives. And for nice. you personally, I'm going to take the guy being upset with you. It means you need to study real Kabbalah, not the Kabbalah with a Q. You need to actually get into the real thing. <laughs> not the Lev. Nick Land start, Kabbalah. <laughs> you need to start reading Rav Berg, Mr. Lev. 
Well, I definitely appreciate that, and I'm going to take a look. Uh, only thing I know is that uh, Madonna made a lot of people wait a very long time to see her, according to my friend Kimberly, who went to her concert. And uh, she was really upset at that. So if I were in Madonna's place, I'd be like, I need to be the giving light. I don't want to let all this, you know, all my audiences down. You know, I'm going to try to make it on time. So that's that's the only thing that I'd say right there. But nobody's perfect. I know. Uh, Patri why, why does it always come down to Madonna? You know, I, I'm like a living legend over here. I'm, I'm the, the realest man in the planet. And uh, you never say, you know what? Andrew Meyer studies this Kabbalah, so I must, uh, I must need to study it. It always comes down to Madonna. I don't get it. <laughs> I'd look God. at Madonna as being the canary in the coal mine, somebody who's exposed to very big levels of. Fame She's a creation and of the glow in the darks. Yeah. yeah. She, so it's like she literally glows. Her skin is. Uh, if, 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 if Kabbalah would work for her then I'd see that there is something to the Rothberg system. Oh, so far, she's not really doing that Wait, good of a job. You guys remember when Madonna made she's out with her, She's a multi... She's oh, a multi yeah! That was so disgusting. Wait, she, she made, made out with who? But you're going to say she's, she's like... Oh, God. It's crazy. I would say that somebody who has so much temptation in their life from having all this money, that would be the perfect, uh, that would be the perfect specimen on whom to try out advanced Kabbalistic techniques to see if they can convert th their energy of receiving into the energy of giving. I would say uh, you would have to see what her life was like without it, which we can't. There's no control for that. But what I can tell you is she's given millions of dollars to basically share the Zohar around the world. So I don't oh, know how you can God. be with that. Literally the Holy Grail. Mm. This, this isn't this isn't a good uh, endorsement of the real couple. This is terrible. Hotep Sophia, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Oh. And also, pa Patriot J, have you ever been interested in Kabbalah and uh, any of the spiritual uh, uh, spiritual practices, or is this uh, more foreign to you? And do you come from a religious background, by the way, as far as your family and all that goes? Yeah, um, I grew up in a Christian household. I I want to say like around high school, I kind of did my deep dive into like spirituality, like kind of the new age stuff. Cause that was like, I guess, mainstream. Um, I do need to do my deep dive into like every, every religion out there. But um, I've been super busy these last three years reading case law. There's just like no mm. time. And oh that, yeah. What type yeah. of law are you going into? I uh, am intending to do criminal defense. Oh, Wow. That's... Yeah, which is it's funny because I, I went into law school with the uh, intention of becoming a prosecutor. I thought that would be like a good way mm. to clean up the streets, you know, give back to the community. And then I worked for the DA of uh, Los Angeles and I just saw like, I guess, the inner workings of the district yeah. attorney system. And I was just uh, I was let down and I figured I might join the other guys. Can, can you can you give us a little bit of details about that, a bit of the uh, inside baseball on what you saw going on? To me, it just felt like justice for them was all about an assembly line. They were just trying to get these yeah. cases through the system. They weren't really, um, they weren't using their discretion to see like, maybe we shouldn't charge this after all. You know, I feel like there was just, there was like an emphasis on winning. And I don't think justice should be about winning. You should want the truth to win, not, uh, you don't, you don't want to just get a conviction for conviction's sake. Absolutely. I had a similar experience um, to you, uh, Patriot J, when I worked in the foster care system in D.C., and it was the same kind of thing. Like, the girls emancipated at 21, 
So the goal was just like, let's get them to 21 without having another kid. Like they already had one because I work with team moms, at least one. Um, and, and the whole thing was, what can we do in our program to make sure these girls don't have any more kids before they turn 21? Like forget if they have somewhere to go, job, skills, any of that doesn't matter. Like, can they, can we get them out of the system without having more kids? Because what happens is if they have kids in the system, then they have to take care of those kids too. They automatically, you know, will get money and stuff like that. So the whole thing was don't let them have any more babies. And that took on a whole lot of stuff that, um, you know, is it's outrageous. And I think that's the problem with, you know, the government in the black community or any community in general is that they just want to minimize their calls. So they have an assembly yeah. line and their assembly line makes it so that maybe they win, maybe they lose, but guess what? They don't have to spend any additional money on this particular person. That's all that matters. And that's how they did it in foster care. And I can tell you for a fact, that is the worst possible way to get a positive outcome for an individual because you are just always at the hands of the government. And so my clients, they knew that. So they would work these, they would they, they would get pregnant. They would be like, oh, y'all got to pay for the abortion. They would say, y'all, I'm have this baby. If y'all don't find the money, mysteriously, the money would pop up and they go get the abortion and get pregnant again. And they fighting again every, you know, whatever to get as much money as they can because they can get extra money. They can get extra this. They can get extra that. All the stuff they can get when they're playing the system. And I just feel like, once you get into that habit of, of learning how to work the system, it's really, really difficult to get out of it. And you see a lot of that through the industry. People know how to work the industry. So they go right up to the line, but they don't cross the line because they know that if they cross the line, then they're gonna it's gonna be a whole different set of problems. So on the other side, they'll say stuff in private, they'll, you know, go along to get along and they get their roles and this and that. And next thing you know, like if if something becomes too much, then it's too bad they got to go along with it yeah that like that's why a lot of people like i know people that have went to law school um they don't go into criminal law they go into fucking corporate law they want to make money right very few people actually end up going into criminal law just because of a you're not getting paid as much b just the incredible hurdles you have to face in terms of like what the system demands of you as opposed to what you this idealistic picture of trying to get justice for people it's very so it's very noble that you're going to criminal law thank you sir i just want to help yeah. people that's why i went to law school I, I i spent years uh educating myself on the law so i can give back the knowledge to people who don't have the privilege to do what i was able to do hmm. we have a comment by the way from lisa bode which i think is kind of tongue-in-cheek just because we've been talking about this so much but either way it's about CRT, critical race theory. So CRT is hot topic. You're going to ask yeah. about it, how they relate, their opinions. If you wouldn't ask, you wouldn't be the real deal. Well, look, I mean, since Lisa in the tongue-in-cheek way offered it up, I might as well ask you, Patriot J, what do you think about CRT? Critical race theory. So um, I haven't personally read, like, the actual theory like i don't i don't know who started it or whatever i haven't read like that textbook but i'll let you know that um my freshman year of college i guess i took like a crt based english class it was called africana studies it was for my uh english requirement and we read like um black artists like black feminists like bell hooks and that type of stuff 
And so um, after that semester, I felt like kind of radicalized, you know, I wasn't really messing with America. I was like, damn, you know, they just want to, Whitey just wants to keep us down, you know? I, <laughs> and um, uh, so I feel like it, um, being exposed to that actually kind of turned me to a conservative because I just realized how crazy that was the next semester after I took a logic course. But um, about the whole CRT debate that's going on right now, like, I don't think it should be, um, I don't think it should be mandated at like the K through 12 level. If you want to take, uh, if you want to take CRT in college, it should be an option because it's something to learn about. But I feel like um, what bugs me the most about the debate is the fact that conservatives have kind of attacked it so much where I feel like their attacks have brought it to the spotlight and now the libs are gonna attach attach themselves to it more so like I've yeah. seen people I've seen people who you know how people on Instagram or like just random social media like they're not really politically engaged they just post about the trends crt is now one of the trends that these people post about and they're talking about how like racist republicans want to stop this from happening so i feel like the fact that we focus so much on crt kind of made like they made it a hero for the left the same way that like when the left attacked the freaking goya beans people the right was out you know buying goya beans in mass it was just kind of like a team <laughs> thing and um i don't think it was smart to attack that and i just don't personally i don't think you should attack crt because at the end of the day for me it's just speech and i think you look so silly trying to shut down speech or attack speech especially if you're not going to provide an alternative you can't just say like no CRT and not say like, here's what we would replace CRT with because it just seems so counterproductive. And the time you spent attacking CRT could be time developing, like, I don't know, an anti-CRT or just, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But I feel like also people act like CRT is the worst thing to be taught as if most history that we learn in school is only surface level anyways, you know, people are saying like, oh, there's an agenda now in schools, but there's always been an agenda in schools. The agenda was never to promote deep critical thought. The agenda was just to get you to kind of know a lot, a, a lot or like a little about a lot and then put you straight to work. Yeah, they, they really, the conservative media, they always do this where they beat, some, like you said, they beat something to death to the point where people don't care about it or it becomes a shelling point for the left to say that you're either ignorant about this thing or or um you don't understand it's like the typical dialectic that's they're just ignorant you remember yeah it's culture war theater <laughs> that's where i kind of do agree with logo it is culture war theater at the end of the day but well like, i actually my undergraduate degree was african-american study so mm. this whole discussion of CRT is not new to me because mm -hmm. I, you know, had done a lot of research about it. And uh, Pedro J, opposite from you, when I came out with my degree, I was able to fact check some of the stuff that they told me with my grandparents and it didn't make sense. And so I just basically disregarded it because I said, I don't care what they're teaching me in this book. I know that like where I'm from, I knew my history. I was very aware of my own, you know, it, cultural experience. So for them to try and tell me like all of this stuff 
about history and stuff like that. I was a lot of it. I was like, mm, I don't think so. Or I would literally go ask my grandma, like, Oh, grandma, have you ever heard of this? She's like, I don't know what you talking about. I was here, and that didn't happen. And that I'm like, okay. So I was, I was of, just uh, able to fact check them in in real time, and it was it's a mess. <laughs> but I have actually read the research, the seminal paper from the Harvard Law Review, as a part of my dissertation mm. research, and um, it the fact that when the discussion of CRT, there is a it's a theory with no tenets. They never discuss who the author is. And so when you have a theory with no tenets and they don't actually pin the theory to an author, you can basically, it's just like the talents intent theory to me. Like the whole thing is it's the same type of nonsense because the 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 research paper, it doesn't, it really doesn't have any tenets. And basically what has been used, and even like when other people quote like critical race theory or whatever, they don't actually quote the actual seminal research, which is, I don't even know how these people got degrees because that's one of the things you have to do. You have to quote the seminal research and nobody even knows what it is. Like I have it on my phone. I was just looking for it. I can't even find it right now because the article's from like 1987. But when you look at that time period, what was going on at that time, that was when the whole return to Africa sort of thing was starting to- that, that started yeah, the in nation the 70s. Islam was- yeah, yeah, was starting to really like pick up. So in, in that context, it was really like supposed to like be a coagulation of the black community which i absolutely hate that term because all black people aren't the same and to put us all in the same group again is a huge problem to me because the person who just came here yesterday from senegal is not like me period they're not ever going to be <laughs> like me we don't share genealogy we don't share characteristics we're not the same and so that holds the shifting from the use of negro to the use of black really took away african-americans identity and so like the whole like like now with them talking about this crt the, the way that they use it they use it however they want to use it which is why it's a stupid thing to attack i agree with you pedro j because it, there's no tenets there's no theory if anybody actually read the actual theory then maybe they could argue about it but these people are arguing about what somebody else said about the theory that's insane are you, are like, you a fan of um octavia butler hotep sophia I don't know who that is. Oh, really? Because she's pretty big in the, like, African-American studies. and I mean, the problem really, like, with African-American studies. Oh, the black. Mm. <laughs> okay, so I had to take some feminism courses. So I really didn't understand that because I was like, what in the world? My advisor was a white gay woman from the Midwest. And oh. my thesis. She moved out yeah, to the my country. my thesis was. Yeah, it was kind of like odd. I was just like, okay, she and my thesis was on GoGo. So like I knew she didn't know what I was talking about. Like this, this is what always happens to me as an intellectual. Like nobody ever knows what I'm talking about. They can't connect the dots because if you've never, if you didn't grow up in DC, you don't know GoGo anyway. Like you don't understand the history. You haven't talked to people who lived it their whole life. You just don't get it. And so to like anytime that that so that topic comes up. 
people are just like, oh, okay, it's just like jazz. Like, no, it's nothing like jazz. It's not, it didn't even come about the same way jazz came about. So it's like, it's, it's the same thing. It's like arguing with people who have no mm. idea what they're talking about. It's so Yeah, Black feminism is a real weird sort of oh my God. conglomeration. It's, it's, <laughs> it's complete nonsense. I mean, how can you have a Black feminism when the Black women are complaining about not having enough Black men? This makes no sense. Like, it, it it's like, they just threw a topic together and said, okay, this is what you guys are going to argue about for the next 50 years. You know what I mean? And here <laughs> yeah. we go with the black feminism because bl- all black women want a black man, period. Even if the woman is dating I don't know another woman, no, a lot the of them woman not is want... dating another woman, the woman <sighs> they're dating is like a man. Like they all want a black man. <laughs> it's much yeah. better to just find you one and work on them until they're fine because black men are very, very, very... Uh, rare to find ones that are like straight and not too damaged like extremely rare so you find one that's like straight like no trannies like none of that oh god it's that bad i'm yes because the trannies like okay so especially like in dc the trannies in dc like they do like high-end stuff with the politicians and stuff like that like low end they'll go into the strip clubs and if they pass for a woman that's all you get you know what i mean it's it's a mess like and a lot of dudes will just be like oh i don't care i'm gonna have sex with whoever it is and next thing you know they didn't a lot of guys have gotten like got by trainees in dc a lot a lot oh my god <laughs> what was the, the reaction? Black man, what, oh my god! No, but what was the reaction That's... afterwards? So let's say they slept together. What was it like the next day? Did they have lunch? Did they have? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's move on, love, please, before we get there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, people, it, 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 a lot of people, a lot of guys, they just pretend like it didn't happen. But the problem is, the trainees are out, and they're telling everything you know what i mean like they're like oh i was with this one and that because i i used to drive uber so i picked one up from uh near uber DuPont in dc that could time. be fucking you get a lot of dirt out of that problem yeah that, that's oh, like yeah. a, oh, I learned ta- a taxi lot driver stuff. that's like taxi driver part two <laughs> I, I learned sometimes i, learned I wipe the stuff. cum off the seat sometimes i wipe the blood off <laughs> like, yeah it's it's uh, uh it, it, it's always kind of um nerve-wracking but i knew where to stay where where mm. these i would be well, what do you okay. think patriot j do you do you think that like um it's imperative that you should find a good black woman like do you have any qualms about like what potep sophia is saying like do you agree or like like do you think that you should how can I phrase this in a politically correct way? Um, well, black know. men is different, though. They don't have the yeah, same responsibility as black women. They just don't. I, I feel oh. like um, I want I want a black wife because I want black kids because I think black people are tight and I want I want to be able to like, <laughs> my kids and recognize them. But I'm not like I don't know super like black militant nationalist about it. Like I'm not gonna not date someone who's not black because they're not black if they're cool and I like them. I'm 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 not gonna stop my feelings from brewing, you know. But um, ideally, I would have a a, a black wife, black kids. Mm. But that's the debate, right? Because like Hotep Sophia, we talked about this before. But I want to get your opinion, Patriot J, about um, you have like the Nation of Islam people, like that thought during the '70s and '80s, where it's like you know we have to return to Africa, and that Islam is the African religion, and so forth. But then there's other people now in black nationalism that think that American black people are sufficiently different and that you should honor yourself as 
an American black person rather than going to this appropriation of like African culture, whatever mm. that means, whether it's from, um, it's always like Central well, Africa there, there, well, too. It's never like, like a, uh, the North. Well, there's no, it's also either Northern uh, or Central. Yeah. There's also a Marcus Garvey. So that was so yeah, he was yeah. not in the Nation of Islam, but that was just like another individual actually. Not really brought up that often, right? To uh, Hotep Sophia, like Marcus Garvey. No, they don't talk about Marcus. They leave, they leave him out of the conversation. He had a lot of problems though. Mm. I think um, I think we should make Negro great again because it's so yes! <laughs> it, oh, God! It, it like so distinctly describes the American black experience yes. and it's it like like uh, what Sophie was saying before it's so different from like an African black you know it's it's like completely different and I think I think we need something to kind of I don't know like yeah I'm black but I'm like an American black like I remember one time I tweeted um I tweeted like, I wonder what type of African I really am. And somebody was like, bro, you're like, you're an American African. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's like so true. Like I trace my roots back to like the the East Coast, you know, not some tribe in yeah. North Africa or something. Because at a certain point, I think people in the land that they are on end up uh, fusing together. There's like a relationship going on between the people. It's kind of like we had a. Uh, well, we know the American blacks came from Egypt. So... No, I'm just. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like American blacks came. We from was caves, nigga. We was caves. We was here. Not even we were here. Like we didn't come from somewhere else. This is the whole problem. Like there's a lot of research. Like people talk about this. You, we're from here, like this, from America, like this is our homeland. Like we didn't come from somewhere else. We didn't come from Africa. That whole thing, I mean, I sort of follow the Dane Calloway School of History, which is basically we were here and they bought other people, they took people from here to Africa to mess up the, the pool. Because if you look at the slave records, like the ship, the records on the ships, those are all open source. That stuff started like in the 70s. And you can name a ship right now, go and put it on the record, and all of a sudden you got people coming on a ship that you name. People that you name on a on a ship that you name coming from a place that oh you name. Oh my god, so you know, it's this all is open some hardcore source. stuff. It's awful. Man. I mean, I, I mean, th that's the problem. So like in, until we have a, a reckoning with uh, uh, African-American history and our history in America, everyone's history in America, really, until uh, the Americas, like this whole continent, until we have a reckoning of that, you know, there's no way we can have a, an honest conversation. That's why critical race theory is nonsense because you're talking about me being angry at somebody when we both came from the same place. That's like, what I don't understand that. We was Native Americans. Facts. We was Native Americans. We were the natives. Oh my God, that's. I don't think that'll get you banned. No, I think. I'm, I think, I think that's fine. Well. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I, I mean, I was, I was kind of wondering about, I was kind of wondering about the gamer words that were uttered, but at the same time, I was just thinking. No, that no, it's all that, right. Yeah, if that was the case, there wouldn't be that many rap songs on YouTube. You know, like... <laughs> oh God. Ne Negro's not a gamer word. We said Negro. Sure. Yeah, and then there was you, the you other... can say it, but that's <laughs> that's the term. Can your people say it? I, it? I, use it I don't all know. The time it's it's accurate. I mean, if you look at all of the books written from the turn of the century, Negroes and Negro Land. I mean, this is how 
This is why Negro Congress, land. Let's go. This is how the term. It's a book. It's a, it's a real book called Negroes and Negro Land. It's oh, I got it. Outlines this history. It's from like 1900 or 1895 or something like that. There were people during Reconstruction who were trying to document our history so that this thing that's happening now in this country wouldn't happen because if we were honest about that history, then other history couldn't be lied about. Like mm. all of the Irish being brought here for slaves. Nobody wants to talk about that. I would love yeah, to the see Irish, reparations. Yeah, yeah. How are you going to do reparations without giving them to the Irish? That's impossible. They were Reparations here. for Irish people. Let's go. I mean, I hate to even... Oh. This is the side of the argument I end up on. Like, I just... <laughs> I don't know. Well, my people came here. We pretty much were indentured servants along with the Irish. Not to the same degree, obviously, but we still uh, face discrimination. Like one of the worst uh, hate crimes... Uh, in American history was done against us Italian people. So, you know, of course we are African though, as Italians. So few, few people say, Italians were, Italians were in the, cause we in have the three African last, people the, here. So <laughs> <laughs> I am with you. Salam Aleikum, my brother. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> we, also had a, we also had a question earlier on from Philip Daniel. Let me see if I could find this. Uh, so Philip Daniel was asking, uh, what do you guys think? And I think this was directed to uh, Hotep Sophia of Ivan von Sertima. So he was a Guyanese born British associate professor of uh, professor of Africana studies at Rutgers University in the US. So I'm not familiar with him. I have no idea uh, what uh, what he's about. Let me take a look at him. Okay, he was best known for his Almec alternative origin speculations, a brand oh. of pre-Columbian contact theory, which he proposed in the book They Came Before Columbus. So let's see what this says over here. All macro alternative origin speculations are non-mainstream theories that have been suggested for the formation of the Olmec civilization, which contradict generally accepted scholarly consensus. These origin theories typically involve contact with old world societies, although these speculations have become somewhat well-known within pop culture, particularly the idea of African connection to the Olmec. They are not regarded as credible by mainstream researchers of Mesoamerica and are considered fringe theories so let of me take course. a look at some uh, masks over here so this is just from the um here we go here is one of them that's uh, on the wikipedia so that looks like an african person yeah i mean it kind of yeah. I, it kind of does but at the same time i don't know like um it's got some asian kind of asian yeah yeah I mean, the, the Maybe famous, it's an alien's lab. I don't yes, know. Yes, I mean, the famous Almec heads. Like, I think you guys uh, know the ones I'm talking about, right? Like this head, for instance, over here. I am not an expert on this whatsoever, but uh, I think... Uh, that looks like what, an African so what is, person. So what does he say that's not African? Uh, Admit, well, I'm no, sorry. no. I think his point was that it that is African. That's kind of like the African But it's a fringe theory to, uh, yeah, that to, academia, to they don't accept. Like, oh, well, academia yeah. doesn't accept anything. Yeah, if I told academia the history, like my my family history in, in PG County, they wouldn't believe me. Or my family history in Salisbury. They wouldn't believe me. They'd be like, that's not, that didn't happen. And I would be like, of course it happened. Like, you know, my great-grandfather was adopted. Like, this would have been like 1895. They they don't really have records for stuff like that. They don't, there's, there's no believing in stuff like this that it happened. You know what I mean? And so the academia is way behind. I mean, they're way behind what's really going on as usual 
I like this take over here from Mehran, who's a, a longtime listener of the show, Uber Boyo, who I highly recommend you guys check out. He's going to be coming here with Jason Giorgiani. He's going to be coming here later on as well with uh, Jonathan Peugeot. Uber Boyo made it completely clear what it means to be noble, i.e. Aryan. It's about uh, to know what's, what's real shit important. The black community should use their voice and imagination to transcend to Iran. I'm not sure what transcending to Iran means, but I guess the point here is that it really doesn't matter. And I agree with this. It does not matter at all what you look like, where you come from. There are certain noble characteristics that people are capable of generating if they uh, work on themselves. And that's kind of how uh, that's kind of how I judge people, at least. Yeah, that's very fair. Hey, uh, is this is this show now uh, 11 Geo? Just curious. Did Jules get fired? No, Jules is Jules is around right now. Jules is working. Jules is doing some stuff uh, in um, what is it called? The uh, cyber tech. What is it, Geo? I don't remember what it's called. Cyber warfare, uh, cyber spying. Cyberpunk. Stuff. No, no, there's some kind of thing that he signed up for. But anyway, I, I'm not gonna get into. Just it. admit you fired Jules, and it's now no. living Geo. No, well, just admit it. No, he's Andrew. getting called programming right now. Yes, That's exactly. MK Ultra. He's get, Jules is getting an MK Ultra as we speak. Yeah, that might that's... be an improvement. That might be an improvement. <laughs> I mean, you've seen the shirt, by the well, way. He's come back shout... Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to uh, Grift. Uh... Shout out to Grift Shop. So Grift Shop, I am really a big fan of theirs, and uh, they do all these T-shirts. They have one. Let's see if I could find it here. Uh, <laughs> I like this one over here. Here, I'm gonna show it to you guys in the chat. I'm not even gonna say what it is before I show it to you. So here we go. <laughs> Oh God! Corn pop. Corn truth pop or... truth. Oh my God! Oh. <laughs> they have a lot of good stuff. I wanna, I wanna team up with them too. But actually, on the subject of merch, Patriot J, do you have any merch right now, or do you plan on uh, doing anything related to merch? Um, I do have a little bit of merch. Uh, hold on. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. While Patriot J is grabbing his merch, I want to show off some of our merch. This is the Brittany Venti Moth Magnet, which can be yours for $20 patronage. Patreon.com slash break the rules. You see this moth over here, Patriot J? My father, yeah. my father created this moth. He made it out of wood, and it is a magnet. So you can see on the other side here, this is the magnet. So you could put this up on your fridge, decorated. You are going to be the jealousy of all your friends, family, loved ones, cats, dogs. They're all going to be jealous that you have this magnet, and this could be yours. Is the again. um? That's is what? the um? Oh Lord, is the other magnet still available? Which other magnet? Legit. I need legit oh. magnet. Send me a send okay. me the link. I for, I forgot to do it when you said about when you said it last time. So Okay. Please, please so, email Sophia, me a link because I want a legit magnet. Okay, if you want a definitely legit magnet, we can make that possible. It's going to be the third one because we already have two definitely legit magnets that were constructed, and we are going to get a oh. third one. In fact, over yes. here, let me show it off for the people. Here you can see in the stream, this is the lovely uh, uh, Alexandra Plotnik modeling the definitely legit magnet, and that's going to be yours for a $20 uh, Just patronage. send me the link. I keep forgetting. It's patreon.com 
slash break the rules. That is the link okay. for our Patreon. Become a patron today and you will not regret it. We are we are having so many amazing things on Patreon. We are having top secret Patreon only streams. We are having MP3s of all the episodes that come out here before anybody else gets them. We have certain Discord perks as well, certain special places there. And for $30, you are going to get a beautiful print from Giovanni Penichetti. Watch him go. Look at this beautiful process of creating Well, we can't see it, but you can. Yes, of creating these beautiful, beautiful woodblock prints. It is quite an amazing, uh, an amazing thing. And that could be yours. And if you want a beautiful frame for your print, or if you want anything else made out of wood, $50 patronage is going to give you all of the above, plus a custom magnet. Whatever design you want. If you want a Patriot J... Oh, no, I'm not going to do that from now on. I'm going to stop. Okay, because I have this role that I went on where I just end up talking about my father making magnets of, like, the faces of the guests that we have on the stream. But that's probably intruding, so I'm not going to do that. Unless you want me to, okay? Nobody's... nobody's <laughs> I don't know. Look, I got a little bit of merch on my shop. You can get this cool shirt. It says Patriot. It's got a flag. It's nicely embroidered. Oh, uh, nice. So nice. good. I like uh I like embroidered pieces because I feel like it's a little more quality. I got shirts, I got hoodies, it's getting cold, I got beanies, and I got my album, patriotj.com slash shop. You can check it out. I'm also gonna throw up um I just had a, uh, a graduation festival and I made some merch for that and I've got some leftover t-shirts. So I'm going to be putting that up on my website this week too. Got some cool stuff on there. Patriotj.com slash shop. Here it is. I am putting Thanks. it on the uh, Discord right now. Patriotj.com slash shop. Everybody Salute. go there right now. Support Patriot J. Amazing rising young man right now this is the uh, future of hip-hop right here and i'm very honored to have patriot j uh, joining us today for the stream and by the way patriot j do you want to join us for uh hotep jesus that is coming up uh let's see when that's coming up that is <laughs> yeah dude that would be fun yeah that is coming up i will tell you right now hotep jesus is coming up 20. tuesday august 24th that is hotep jesus so let us know if you want to make it in. It's going to be real Speaking cool. of Hotep Jesus, um, Friday, August 27th, Hotep Con weekend kind of in Vegas. I'm performing Friday night. I'll be there. Uh, I'm doing like, I'll probably do like an hour long set of some of my old music and all the new stuff from the album. Um, you can get tickets at patriotj.com slash Vegas. It's going to be at the Ahern Hotel, uh, which is like, it's like it's one so block nice. around the corner from this from the strip. Uh, uh, nice. Hotep Sophia, have you ever attended a uh, Hotep Con before? I keep hearing about no, it. No, I wanted to go, but uh, I'm in Florida and I don't want to end up in in uh, Vegas and can't get out. So mm. <laughs> well, that's a whole this other uh, that's a whole other meeting for whatever happens in I Vegas know. stays in Vegas <laughs> permanently. This is this right. That they're, I think they're doing it. They were going to have a conference last year, but kind of COVID ruined those plans. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I've never met Hotep Jesus in person before. It's going to be dope to link with him, him and uh, Uncle Hotep, Doe Dubs, everybody in the Hotep Nation. Aww. Excellent. Well, speaking of linking up, by the way, I know I mentioned them before. I know it's kind of a meme, but I am curious. What do you think of uh, Spottam Godam and Pooh Shiesty? Oh my god. Okay, so, wait, before y'all come, oh no. I can I can every so I have stream to go to my step class. I can't I can't be involved in, in no push I see and no child. So um I do have to go to step class, guys. So all right, hold uh, up, Sophia. Thank you so much for coming in. See y'all next time. Real.
Take care. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to get out of here in probably like ten more minutes, but um, I don't know. I I do not listen to Spotum Gotum like at all. I couldn't name a single song. I he's got the beatbox song that was his like popular one, right? Yeah, and the so that's the only that's the only one I know. And yeah. then um, Pooh Shiesty. I can't name a single Pooh Shiesty song. <laughs> I know what he sounds like. See, look at what the hell is that, man? Bottom like, got him arrested for aggravated assault with a firearm. So yeah, that that's what ended up happening. Poor Spottom got him. I don't know. It's, uh... Did you see that meme, by the way, with Spottom got him with the black dude narrating it, like his uh, sexual experience in Boca Raton with uh, Spottom got him? No. All right, I, I'm world? kind of tempting if I should share it with you after the stream or not. Gio, do you know the the, the copy paste I'm talking about? Which one? <laughs> oh man, the one about Spottom Gotham being on his mind because of the experience that he had with him in the Boca Raton hotel. I mean, it's, no, I'm not gonna oh. get into this right now. For all, for those in the know, you're in the know, and you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Oh my God. Okay, enough <laughs> enough Spottom Gotham uh, for, for for now. And in general, this kind of points to the problem that I see with uh, a lot of the rap music today, where it just feels very disconnected from reality. It's as, like, when I hear Spottom Got Him speak, it's as if he's just speaking in tongues. Like, he's just in this alternative state of being that, you know, I don't even know what the guy is saying anymore. It's like he's completely gone. Well, I think, I, don't, I feel like a lot of these rappers kind of channel darker energies when they're in the booth recording. I know, like, I think Absol is on record talking about like being influenced by Aleister Crowley. He even he named one of his albums "Do What Thou Wilt," which I believe oh. is like a Crowley quote. Um, so I don't know. It, it gets uh, it gets dark in those studios. I can only imagine. That is why I write all of my songs right here in my bedroom. Definitely, Jay. The Jay you got to listen to Dell the Funky Homo Sapien if you haven't. That's some classic. Dude, I like Dell. I like Dell a lot. Um, I only know a couple songs. Mr. Dabalina is like one of my favorite ones. You got to listen to his album, uh, Both Sides of the Brain. He's got some great stuff. And Deltron 3030 is really good. Yeah, I've heard good things about Deltron 3030. What's yeah, the meme like... uh, question? Do you listen to Blatty? Is that? I'm not sure what uh, Blatty no, is. That's the, that's the... I know. I've seen his name. I've never listened to him. Mm. Yeah, I don't think anyone has. Well, I think people just Is it Blatty? I, I always thought it was Blatty. Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah. I don't know. What before uh, before we go to super chats to uh, close this amazing stream off, I just super wanna... chats, super chats. Like... I just want to mention that <laughs> pushisty in Russian. When you say pushisty, it means fluffy. Now, now you know. There you go. Now you know. That's funny. The more you know. <laughs> All right. Okay. So so far, actually, today we had uh, the Oliver Tree super chat. No other super chats right now. But listen, guys. Support us either through the super chats or through Patreon, patreon.com slash break the rules. I'm answering any super chatted question that comes in right now. There we go. In the next five Here minutes or so. There we know. go. It is it is on it is on right now. But before that, uh Geo, do you have any uh questions for Patriot J? Um just uh how how you see um I think this was easier to answer years ago. But where do you see this thing, like, in terms of Black identity in America, where do you see it going? Do you think that, oh, yeah, and also MF Doom. I love MF Doom. Uh, but where do you see, like, the Black community in America, like, going after our sort of miasma of, like, culture war, critical race theory crap? 
Black Lives Matter. Like, where do you, what does the future look like for Black people in America? Well, I think we need to start having more children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know, predictions, predictions suck because it's just a prediction. But what I would like to see is um, more focus on group economics, keeping keeping the dollar within within the black community. I know Sophia didn't like that term, but spend spend your money with black people to kind of increase the the median black wealth or whatever. Um, I think black people need to uh, hopefully after getting Trump out, which was a big goal of, I guess, black mm. people in the 2020 election, hopefully after getting Trump out and kind of seeing what Biden definitely is not going to do for us, I don't see him or yeah. his successor within the next four years, like at all doing anything positive. So hopefully after realizing, hey, maybe Trump wasn't that bad or, hey, these Democrats didn't do anything for us. I think we need to just focus um, not on politics, but just on ourselves. You know, it's it's I feel like relying on the government to kind of come in and clean up your community is always a bad strategy because the government sucks and they probably won't get around to it. And even if they get did get around to it, they're gonna ruin it. You know, they they the government doesn't ever really bring a net benefit. I feel like real change comes from the private sector, comes from everyday Americans. So I think once Black people kind of realize their power, I think we'll see a more prosperous Black American nation. But that's just the optimist in me. It could very well be another 60 years of a democratic stronghold and failed policies and uh destructive communities who knows it's funny Mm. like i know it's a total like meme point that doesn't even matter and i know like when conservatives say it's terror it's like you know the left doesn't care but it's funny like um how they portray trump as being this this particularly racist against black people because in the beginning of his term it was like the mexicans right but now it's like at the end, they're like, well, black people he hates. But like Joe Biden, I know, again, this is a total cringe, normie conservative point. But like <laughs> Joe Biden was like great friends with fucking Robert Byrd, the head of the KKK in Delaware. Because yeah. Delaware was a KKK stronghold of the North. I believe so. And it's like he was friends with Robert Byrd and Hillary Clinton spoke at his funeral. <laughs> it's like this guy and he voted for the crime bills that put countless black american men behind bars that like he like joe biden has done more to destroy the black community than the past i would well besides clinton the past like few presidents combined right so it's you're like, just repeating you're just repeating a meme bro the, i know the black i know they asked for the 94 crime bill they asked for it because the crime was so bad you, you should watch predators well yeah the, you hotep, should watch <laughs> hotep, you should, hotep heavily supported that bill andrew's right well yeah hotep Sophia Sophia would agree as well as far as like the drug problems that were going on in the area and all that now it's yeah but i mean that's kind of no but it's a different thing to say that the justice system is definitely screwed up like uh uh like yeah there is an argument but we got to get to our we got to get to our final question it's the most important one and this is a super chat from cream wizard and here it comes it's a super chat you have to honor it you have to honor the super chat chris chan Okay, Patriot J, Chris Chan, thoughts? Sonichu, Robert Chu. What is Chris Chan? Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Is that is that the guy who got caught, like, raping his mom or something? Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. 
but there's a deep there's so much deep lore yeah um, that, yeah you're gonna be here like, all night right over me yeah I, I just i saw that weird headline i said all right i'll let ethan ralph handle this one. <laughs> oh god all right well geo you know what to do next we'll just send patriot j the documentary and we'll start the process all yeah like all what is it now like it's got to be like 10 hours now um probably there's more. this documentary on chris chan by gino samuel um I, I personally think Ethan Ralph's theory is bullshit, by the way, but that's just me. So I believe the um, question was F. Mary Kill. What was it, Love? Yes. F. Mary, uh, fuck Mary Kill. Uh, it was Chris Chan, Sana Chu, Robert Chu. Well, I mean, Robert Chu's already uh, bought the farm, so. You yeah. Know, th- that one already. Well, I guess. In well, you got to marry Rosa Chu. That's the only woman in there. So. No, there's oh, no I'm Rosa sorry. Chu. I misgendered Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, you guys no, are no. speaking like a foreign language to me right now. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> All right. You know what I'm Rosa Chu was kind of hot. No, there was no Rosa Chu there. There was no Rosa Chu there. It was Chris Chan, Sana Chu, and Robert Chu. Not, not there was Rosa no Rosa Chu. I didn't read Rosa Chu. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll send you one image right now, Patriot J. This is what I'm gonna leave you at with oh, no, no with no other reference. This is what Sanichu looks like. Okay, so just give me your that's give me your his character he created. Yeah, give me your impression of Sonichu. Sorry, she created Sorry. Sonic Chu. Sanichu. It's a combination of Sonic and Pikachu. Chris Chan, when very accurate, I guess. Took like I Pikachu, like Pikachu. <laughs> Yeah, it took like a Sonic and made it yellow like Pikachu and created Sonichu, which then I can't like I can't get into it. There's too much. You have to go and uh, Yes, we're not gonna subject you to any more torture, Patriot J. So I really thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you very much. Patriot J today. Please follow Patriot J on Twitter. Please buy his merch. Please buy his albums. Just please support him. And uh, thank thank you again so much. So here we go. Patri- Twitter.com slash Sir Hottest. That is how you find Patriot J. Andrew Sir Hottest Rapp- on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, search Patriot J on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you listen to music. And have a good time. Excellent. And of course, nice. Twitter.com slash the Andrew Meyer 3. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming in today. Yeah. And of why, course- why would anyone follow me? from watching this all they heard me do is uh is rebuke geo one time and give you a, a dream interpretation no one's gonna follow me from that yes they will and speaking of know, geo, speak- the jr3 oh sorry no i'm not gonna do that joe speaking of twitter okay jr3 here we go giant geo follow giant geo on twitter on and twitter of course, giant, giant Art productions. productions that's uh that's youtube giant R productions you're making- i haven't had time to do my book of revelations reading series but it's a great gonna... series so check it out and also i'm going to release a video on this thing the un did where it's like this future utopia for like eating the pot so eating the pod <laughs> and the... living the bugs we're eating the bugs and well, living you know in the what pod. maybe we can have like nephilim coming back and the pods will be like these sandwiches that the people will already be inside so well, they will it's... actually eat the pods it's like eating a cause... hot pocket it's funny because the book of Revelations, they talk about the locust being like people. So the book of Revelations literally predicted the bug man. So nice. There you go. And of course, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash levpo, L-E-V-P-O, at levpo. And of course, youtube.com slash levpoliakov. You could see my animations. You could see the left stream, which is coming back soon. I have not had that much time to work on 
anything except for, uh, uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to get into it right now, but let's just say that BTR is growing. It's growing thanks to your help, but if you keep supporting us, we're going to grow even faster, and we're going to have a lot of good stuff for you ahead. So, youtube.com slash leftpolyakov, breaktherules.tv, that is our main YouTube, patreon.com slash breaktherules, become a patron today. I cannot stress hard enough how important it is to become a patron. Become a pay pigu right now. Exactly. Today. Give them your money. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that is the end of our stream. Thank you so much, Patriot J, for being here. Thank you, Thank Andrew. You. Thank Gio. you guys for having me. Great conversation. Absolutely. Have fun. Thank you.